Hi, this is Ben from 561 Music Podcast. Right now, we're trying to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It just helps us get out there more. It also enables us to monetize the podcast, to make it better, do more advertising for it and things like that. Subscribe to the podcast and hit the notifications button. That'd be doing us a really big favor. Thank you very much. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. And how are you, mate? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm all right. If I'm honest, I'm a little tired. Well, okay. I mean... I'm a little, a little tired. A little, little bit. Yeah, exactly. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little bit. But I guess that's not newsworthy. What have no. we been up to lately? Uh, we played this weekend. We played... Uh, oh, Saturday, Patty Max. That was fun. Oh, yeah, it was. It, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a huge crowd, but there was, there was a birthday or something going on, and man, it was fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely it was. It was really fun. And James and I... Um, we were at the Square Grouper. Yep. That on was Saturday. Fun. Yeah. And then we did something on four. Was it? What did we do on Friday night? You know? uh, yeah, we played up at uh, in Stewart <laughs> Stringers. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that was a that was a first for first the band. Time, yeah. I've played there one time on my own solo, and to be honest with you, it makes a little bit more sense doing it as a solo gig because it's kind of like it a does. You're kind of shoved, shoved in the corner, and it's like an outdoor bar. So I don't know. It just didn't seem like a full band place. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. It's quite a nice, relaxing place. But yeah, yeah, I sort of agree with you there. But never mind. Let's not bitch about <laughs> music venues <laughs> live on a podcast here. Um, so yeah, uh, we have Bu- Billy Doom is dead with us today. How's it going, guys? How you doing? Yeah, we're great, man. Um, so. Uh, I know Andy real well. I'm, um, I see you've weaseled your way into another band here. Right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and, and Kevin too. And, and, and Billy, we've crossed paths before. But we not, have, yes. Not yes, a huge yep. amount over no, the years. No. But it's nice to see um, this little power trio, super group situation going on. So much fun. It's very super. Very much fun. <laughs> very super. Yeah. Now, is it is it just a trio or is there anybody else in the band? No, there's a drummer. Yeah, yeah we have a drummer. Yeah, he can't. Well, there's only three seats allowed here, so, you know. <laughs> We had to get we the could three have put him back behind the kit there. Our True, he could. always gets to sit. Yeah. So. Uh, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so we're gonna we, had, we figured do three for the interview. There's four all day. Four piece rock and roll band, punk rock and roll, inspired by some of the greatest music you've already heard, and putting our spin and our take on it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Thank you for having us. Let's do that right away. Thank you for having yeah. us. Regardless of what Andy does, thank you for having us. In advance. Andy in advance. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what what we generally do is ask people about their journey through music and how they how they found themselves getting into it and the the first thing that i always bring want to know about people is what was it like when you were young and growing up and how did how did your upbringing sort of shape the musician you are today like were your parents supportive of you yeah they were probably too supportive they probably (laughs) they're probably way too cool about it there's a lot of situations where when i got in my 20s and started touring where they should have told me not to continue on this path and maybe be more responsible with regular life, but they're like, no, this is who you are, this is what you do, you, you're you a crazy person with a guitar yelling your head off, like, if this is what you are, just be that guy and be the best version of that. But as a child, I mean, right away when I asked for the guitar, I begged for about a year and a half, I gave them the grades, they got me the guitar, and that was it, I was going to be somebody, and, and now I'm this guy. Yeah. You know, I was going to be someone and contribute to society, but, you know. I love the way you said, because uh, I also um, wrote some questions for you for that, magazine Livewire that I yes, write for. thank you and, for that. And, and I saw that uh, a quote from your dad was that being a punk rock star is the equivalent of being a wiffle ball champion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So even if you're the best at it, nobody cares about it, no one understands the sport, and it's not very technical, you know, but if you want to be the wiffle ball champion, go at it, you know. So he got me the guitar and the haircut and the Green Day record, and then we started going, you know, going at it, pretty much. That's great. Should have so, gone the wiffle ball route, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, there's, there's money there, right? Yeah, how did you... When did you first get an instrument? Uh, I was nine. The first guitar was at nine. Seven, I saw Slash on the piano going ham, you know, uh, Elton John performance. And I was like, I have to do this. This guy kind of looks like me. Yeah, and yeah. he's having so much fun and everybody loves him. 
Um, and then, yeah, two years of begging began, and they got me the guitar, and that was it. I mean, that was a love affair that has not stopped, you know? Yeah, man. And that's why I recommend to people, it's like, if you love music or if you have any sort of affinity to give it a shot, just just do it, you know? Even if you're not good at it right away. I'm still not that great at it even still, but I love doing it, and I'm going to keep doing it, you know? Yeah. Because that's the excitement in it. Well, life's know? about the journey, isn't it? It is. It's not about the arriving. You've no, got to be no. enjoying yourself with what you're doing. Otherwise, what's the point? You know? Exactly. I 100% agree. Yeah, yeah. And Andy, you've been on here before, but I would love to hear a little bit more from your, your side of how you got playing music and when you, when you first picked up an instrument. I can't remember what you said last time. Me neither. <laughs> I think you skipped me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I started playing guitar when I was like 12, starting like Blink-182, Green Day songs. Okay. And now I've finally made it where now I play Blink-182 and Green Day songs in a cover, <laughs> in a cover band. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you made it when you can play a half blank, half green day in one set. Yeah, there you go. And uh, make spread the dub money doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that uh, that band. It's a, it's like a cover band that basically is it just Blink and um, and Green Day that you cover for now. But we're we're talking about expanding. But you know, we're, like, we're lazy. Pop, pop disaster is it? Yeah, pop disasters. Yeah, yeah. named after the uh, tour Green Day and Blink did back in two thousand two. Yeah, man. No, you got called up on stage and got Billy's guitar. Yeah, we talked about that in the yeah, last, did, last uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't here for that. It's one. the only interesting thing about me. It's your only story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about you, Kevin? How, how did you find uh, yourself playing music? My parents got me involved in like they gave me a little keyboard the same year I got the original Nintendo, and the deal was you can play Nintendo if you take piano lessons. Yeah, and then so I took piano lessons until you know that wasn't cool, and I was like, uh, screw this, I want to. Give me a guitar or something, yeah. and my uncle was a musician. He's like, "No, nah, man, there's too many guitar players. You, 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 you look like a bass player. You should play bass." <laughs> so yeah, that's, I started playing bass at like uh, seventh grade, and then okay. jazz band at school, and then did little, jazz band right, yeah, and then little, you know, garage bands, and then yeah, now Billy Doom is dead. Yeah, man. Yeah, screwed and, you um, out of two strings, man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you also mean like right. well. I wouldn't know what to do with them anyway. <laughs> two of you guys. Uh, Moonlight is members of Spread the Dub as well. Yep. Yeah, that, yep. which is cool. We ha- we had Spread the Dub on here as one of our first people, but neither are you guys. No, no, so, no, yeah. no, no yeah. So it's nice to have you on to kind of complete that a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in, when it comes to um, juggling that, you've got Spread the Dub and then this. I suppose it helpful. It's helpful that there's two of the members in this band too, because then it's just because it, it, I know you know from trying to do it with Killbillies and No Name Scar Band that it was it was always like a tightrope where you have to plan everything really far in advance. Mm-hmm. You know well, I'm mean? big on scheduling, man. We have the Google calendars and stuff, so if, yeah. Yeah. if you can put it in there as far in advance as possible, then we can work around it. So it's yeah. Yeah, so, so far. It's, it's worked out pretty yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. all the Google calendars. Yeah. But how many bands, like, like since we're bringing that up, you're you're just in the two right now? Well, then we have the Moonshiners thing as That's well. That's right. Yeah. We've got that yeah. as well. So, yeah, so I'm in the those three. And, and at one point, and you you're were just in, in the two. Lane Lane I do this one. I do Spread. I play with Dominic. Dominic the Lions, right. I yeah. play drums for Jacob Takos and The Connection. Okay. Okay. So I do four. And Andy, you're in like 16 bands, 16 right? More, yeah. Uh, Pop <laughs> Disasters, <laughs> Muggles, um, Straight jacket. No name Scott Band, straight jacket. Spread the dub. <laughs> eventually. Eventually. Yeah, eventually. Of wedding is coming up, so don't crack. Cole's <laughs> busy. Ben's busy. I just, I'm somewhere way I down just, on that list. Listen, I, try, I tried to help you here, man. <laughs> I've always thought spread the dub needed a mandolin player. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dude, 100%. Sure. Right. I mean, I already know the code to the warehouse. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ukulele, man. Ukulele. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a good point. That and then me, me and Kevin are going to have a band, Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> I was, we were thinking about uh, getting matching tattoos on our asses. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, should we not have said that on the podcast? I th- was that a secret? We, secret, secret. Come alive on the next Johnsons. Yeah, that 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 would I'd probably be our biggest episode if we had you guys yeah, tattooing sure. each other. Yeah, butts well, on sure, the yeah, live. absolutely. <laughs> we're like, do we really have to sit there, Andy, and see Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a little bit gutted, Kevin, because um, after I sort of. Uh, 
rather enjoyable, incredible shirt um, one-upmanship on, uh, <laughs> yeah, on the internet. We, uh, neither of us are wearing interesting <laughs> shirts today. It's pathetic. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I didn't get the memo. <laughs> yeah. Billy told me to dress. He said he, the leather jacket memo. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah, a good memo. Yeah, it's a good memo. So it's an easy memo, you know, and it works yeah. for every room. Andy Absolutely. missed it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't earned mine yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy said once you're in eight bands, you get the jacket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you get the jacket. I mean, it's custom. <laughs> so um when it comes to early influences uh what bands were you listening to uh when when you really sort of first started to get into music right i mean without, without realizing it green day was the biggest band in the world so yeah. like i didn't realize that was going to be the trajectory i was on i saw them play at the riverdales in 93 december of 93 i was a, a wee little lad and it sent me on this kind of weird journey into punk rock and that's you know obviously that's Goes in many different directions, many different bands, and many different subgenres. But I think yeah. the most the, the most important thing that struck me in that moment was it's I could do that. Yeah, yeah so many people say it's like I could do that. There's like that's, three of them up that's there. Punk rock, right? That's what yeah. words and like anybody could do it. Yeah, yeah. and that was to be Jimi Hendrix, man. No, no, exactly. And it's very liberating in that regard as a young yeah. person to be like, wow, okay, these guys don't look that much older than me. I mean, I don't know, they're in their twenties or something. But you know, I just it seemed like something was attainable, and it was yeah. so inspiring that it just seemed like if I don't even if I don't try it, I mean, I, I, that's a miss. Yeah, you know. Now I hear that, and it, 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 just like Kevin said, that's the you know one of the bigger laws of, of punk rock is that accessibility and the do-it-yourself side mm-hmm. to it and everything. You know, you can just be a, if you want to be a band, just be one, just right. go for yeah. it. You know, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, put your jackets on and start rocking. Right. You know, yeah, totally. <laughs> you don't even have to know what you're doing. Man. No, it's downstrokes. <laughs> it's downstrokes all day. And I think the other thing that is great about Green Day is how many people got into punk because of them. Yes. You know, and I was just as you were saying that I was thinking about that, you know, that Green Day and, and Blink and stuff and that whole kind of yeah. pop punk sort of push that happened there is responsible for huge amounts of people find, even finding out about what punk is. And exactly. Then, and then, you know, all heading on down their paths into it, you know, going on that rabbit hole. You start listening to what influenced them and then you find out just yeah. like you just trace it back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like someone has to take the fall and be the be the huge band that sort of, you know, apparently that sold out or whatever mm-hmm. in order for everyone else to be able to enjoy to know what punk is even. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, the thing is, I mean, those guys, you know, Green Day, Blank, those guys, they made it more mainstream than anything else, you know, yeah. at the time. I mean, there was plenty of punk bands, but they just, they made it mainstream. They made it to where like the everyday person was listening to you know to punk, whether they knew they were right. listening. It was to all punk over the radio, you know, on yeah. MTV, yeah, all yeah, that classic stuff. Yeah. Punk was a very point. underground. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah that's, that's the best. It's on the Gator. <laughs> it's on the Gator. <laughs> you know when you turn on 94. the classic rock station and it's everything you were listening to in high school, and you're like, oh damn. I'm oh, here. now it's the oldies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Wait till you start hearing music you listened to when you were younger on the elevator, man. And Whole Foods and shit. Brutal, brutal. I find myself in an elevator like the bangers. Yeah. Doctor's office elevator, like humming the song and going, "Ah, oh, crap!" <laughs> I've I've heard at least three different um, orchestral renditions of "Painted Paint Black" by by um, the Rolling, Rolling Stones, Stones yeah. over the past week. Three different oh wow! Ones? Three different yeah, ones. yeah, wow. in different shows. That's too many. I know, and is you know at this point with symphony orchestras playing rock, you know, it's a, that's going to be probably Green Day songs. Listen, like, you know, listen. <laughs> When, yeah, but when Mannheim Steamroller starts doing like Nirvana, awesome. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing about elevator music, it has its ups and downs. <laughs> and the podcast is over. Let's do it. We can edit that, right? <laughs> oh, it's we'll, we'll add laughter. <laughs> Scooby Doo Studio laughter. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but what about you, Andy? What were your influences? Uh, honestly, kind of same as Billy. Like third grade, listened to Dookie. Yeah, didn't even realize that it was punk music, and then pretty much just listened to that for like five years, and then yeah. discovered Blink, and then pretty much went backwards from there. <laughs> and then yeah, Fat yeah. Records on stuff. Yeah, yeah. All the No Effects bands, and then yeah, yeah. Below that, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think all three of us are going to say Dookie was like a huge album for us I remember my mom taking me to get that CD at Barnes and Nobles remember mm-hmm. Barnes and Nobles remember when yeah. they sold books in stores yeah, 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 yeah they yeah, also yeah. sold CDs in those stores yeah. Yeah. but yeah she, it had the parental warning label on it and she was like I don't know and I was like mom if you don't let me get this all the kids in school they're gonna make fun of me alright I have but no that was a huge album and for me as a bass player too it was like super influential on the fact that like he, those the bass lines to those songs are really intricate. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, 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 you take those away from some of those songs, you, 
Some of the hooks of those bases. Like, so like like for me, like realizing Boom. the power of that bass sub hook, you know, you don't have to just double what the guitar player is playing. Yeah. Like, you can own this shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. The counter melody is key. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And uh, as someone who's pretty musically educated, I would, I'd be interested to sort of hear some other people that have really inspired you over the years, Kevin. Like, it just, it doesn't have to, you know, not restricted right. to like I punk, mean, for you know? me, playing wise, I'm all over the place because, I mean, obviously, I play in the reggae ska. So, I mean, uh, Family Man from the, uh, the Whalers and stuff, like those, again, it comes back to the melodic sub hooks and stuff, yeah. like the power yeah. of this song is 90% bass driven you know Paul yeah. McCartney you know yeah. the Beatles yeah like, you do like those melodic plays right yeah I mean because yeah. it's interesting you know and then I, don't get me wrong I, I'm all for like thrashing out some power chord shit you know yeah, like, it's fun. yeah, yeah. Hey, you know where where it has its place but that the, the melodic subhook is you know that's, yeah. that's where it's at for me yeah man yeah. I really feel that and yeah. it, you know it's something that uh we need to work some melodic subhooks on you. <laughs> Actually, that's sort of it. The one Gavin bit. was saying, that, bit, you know, yeah. he was really appreciating some of those lines. Yeah, my son, uh, my son's nineteen. He he uh, he just messaged me. He was on the way to work the other day. He messaged me. He's like, "Dad, I'm listening to the Killbillies' new album." He goes, "Fucking rocks, man!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks. He's like, thanks, he's son. like the bass line on that one song. He's like, you know, he's like telling me how much he likes it. Right there. I was like, I was like, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's I thought you, you hated me. Are you, <laughs> playing, are you only playing the stand up on on the Killbilly yeah. stuff? Yeah. On, yeah. Man, that's a whole other beast there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. it is. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Hector, he really just grabbed the bull by the horns and learned how to yeah. play the stand-up. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's the, it's totally a different beast man, as far as technique and then also carting around a yeah, full-size upright to all the gigs, man. We always say that. It's not even like the same instrument. It but, is in... in in theory, it's tuned yeah. the same. In theory, yeah, in theory it is. Playing it, it's not. No, the same I mean enough. we just yeah, had a practice yeah. the other day, and I, I didn't. I mean, I had the bass with me, but I didn't feel like carting it in there. Right. And I actually walked into James's house with, uh, with a small acoustic bass. Halfway through the first song, I put it down. I'm like, I gotta yeah, go get the other go bass. The bass. <laughs> and like, it didn't yeah, feel yeah, right. Yeah. It just felt awkward. I couldn't yeah. even practice. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Totally, and it, and you know, sit from then to now, where you're. You're slapping away on the yeah. thing like a maniac. I'll tell you right. what's really awkward, though, is uh, I i mean, I've been playing with Killbillies now for a little over two years, and I've been playing that stand-up for probably 18 to 20 months now. And uh, I haven't really, I would say for probably over a year now, I haven't picked up a real bass. Right. Like, yeah. just, like, not, I mean, just a regular, right, a regular, slab, regular, slab yeah, regular, regular bass. And uh, um, my other band that I'm in with, with Justin, uh, Euphobia, we just started getting back together and, and putting some stuff together. Now you got to relearn the things. <laughs> and I, I went back yeah. and I spent like two weeks practicing the songs and stuff. And then we went to the first practice last week and it was like, and it went well. But it was just so awkward. Yeah. I was holding the, my my hands were starting to like cramp up, and so it just felt <laughs> it's really. Different. It's different. It it's felt different. so it's weird. Different technique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is no doubt about it. But upright bass is killer, man. It sounds yeah, good. It is. No, it's yeah. fun. It's fun. I do. Yeah, I do enjoy it. I think that yeah, the one thing that is has always been the ca- there's only been one guy where this wasn't the case who I've played with. But the one thing which is always always the case is. It takes a minute to dial in, you know, like when it's yeah. a live gig because it's so resonant. Yeah, it's, it's, so hard, like, it's definitely a hard instrument to uh, amplify live. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, I, think, sure. I feel like, especially on those ones where you have to jump up there and play in like 10 minutes, yeah. it can be pretty stressful for Hector, you know, yeah. because you never know how it's going to sound. But um, anyway, getting back to being Doom is Dead here. Um, <laughs> it's all good. I love saying that bass stuff. I'm like, I don't know where this is going. I'm a Stray Cats fan. I love it. Let's go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sick. <laughs> Um, Stray Cats cover band. I'm just saying. Yeah, no. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I know Andy's in. <laughs> oh, definitely. You got a Gretsch, right? You got a Gretsch ready to go? Yeah, uh, hundred. I'll use his. <laughs> <laughs> even better, even better. So yeah, do you guys have a writing process? Like, how how are these songs getting written? Uh, writes and records everything. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's the short answer. Kidding. Yeah, yeah, that's the short answer. So, yeah, so I, I made this record. Yes, yeah, so I made this record at home. I have a. A home studio like everybody in the 21st century yeah. and uh, I had written a whole bunch of songs uh, prior to doing this project I fronted a band for 12 years where I was the guy who sang you know whatever kind of what this is in a way but with less with different people um, and uh, and for me the process is, like, I write a lot of stuff and not everybody wants to play all this stuff so I was like well I'm gonna make a record at home I'm gonna play drums bass guitar sing all of it and if it's cool maybe my friends will want to play with me yeah and and if and if we play well and everyone enjoys it maybe we'll start writing records together but I was kind of more in the position at the time because with spread we gig a lot but 
between gigging, I mean, there's a lot of downtime, you know. Yeah. So why why wouldn't I be at home making an album? Why wouldn't I just be making as much music? Well, I mean, as I didn't you have can? to spend some time in a hotel room? Because oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah there's yeah there's a story to this. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I went yeah yeah so I went yeah. to uh, yeah I forgot about all of that. Thank you so much. For that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Woo! Yeah, so I went to Atlanta to go see Susie Moon play at Star Bar with Ravengers and a really bu- a bunch of really great punk rock bands. And uh, on the way back, I was coming down to play a spread show in Jupiter, and we left at two in the morning to try to get back to Jupiter for the next day. And I'm coming over a mountain. And I don't see a deer in the center lane on my Rav Four, and I hit this thing hard. Oh, I total the car. Uh, it's like four a.m. at this point. I'm texting the guys like, I'm definitely not making the show. I don't know how I'm gonna get this car off the like, road. What the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. Like I, the subs at my house in Port St. Louis. If you want to get it, whatever. So then uh, I had to fly my wife home from Atlanta. We drive oh, back. We God. have to like cart the car to back to Atlanta. I'm sorry, we were an hour and a half south of Atlanta. <laughs> So we had to get the car back to Atlanta so I could fly her home. Wow. And then I had to spend a couple of days in a hotel room. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to finish all those song ideas that I had. Yeah. I have four days here. So I, I grabbed every sheet of paper in the room that wasn't, you know, tacked down to something and a Sharpie marker. And I got this idea, this idea. I have my gear with me because I'm supposed to play a spread show. So I have a guitar and a keyboard and whatever. Nice. And, uh, and I, hammer, I wrote all 10 songs in those four days. Well, I tell you what, it's been um, interesting. It, I think it's dawned on a lot of people, me especially, the, you know, the, the amount of the amount of just sort of talent and 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 drive you have so i hadn't realized i hadn't realized quite what a musical tour de force you were you know, it was all going <laughs> well, on yeah, i appreciate that thank you it's very nice yeah, man to i say. call him in spread I call, we call him the swiss army knife it's like yeah. what, do you, what do you need you need some drums you need some guitar you, yeah. Yeah, our best guitar player is our keyboard player they <laughs> <laughs> hate when you say that though man they hate when you say that don't say that yeah but no, I, I love to play everything. Hunter just I mean, a hole in his wall. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Hunter. Hunter, I love you. I'm so sorry. I we can't make you, Andy man. stop talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're still better than me. <laughs> so how long's the? Uh, yeah, before we get into that, when it comes to lyrical content and things, um, is there something you find yourself writing about more than other things? And how do you how do you write your lyrics? Sure. Now I never wrote about my life until I turned thirty seven, and now all I do is write about my life because I realize so many things have happened that I, I should talk about them. In yeah. my twenties, I thought it was trite to discuss my personal thoughts on myself and what was going on in my life, you know what I mean? Because, like, the world is such a big place, and there's so many things to discuss. I wrote 12 years of politically charged lyrics that made people uncomfortable and polarized rooms and made sure I could never go back to certain spots again. (laughs) And then in my 30s, I was like, you know, I can't talk about my life because I did all these... I did a bunch of things, and and some of it was great, and some of it was horrendous, and some of it was illegal, and some of it was, you know, profitable, and we should talk about those things. So for me, I just kind of went down the list of, like, what were the 10 most ridiculous things that happened in my life and I want to talk about them in detail probably to a guttural point that makes half the room uncomfortable but yeah. not about you know a red or blue thing you know about like oh God, you probably can't say that about somebody you know or whatever yeah, so yeah. yeah so I mean I now when you discuss yourself though there's always you because it's your story you have the ability to either tell the truth fully or omit certain things and you know and my only rule was that I had to tell the truth exactly as it happened so certain things will make me look maybe not the best but yeah. it happened, and I think it's imperative to, you know, if, if for making a band called Billy Doom is Dead, you know, which is a whole other, the reason why the band's called what it's called is a whole other thing. Yeah. But, but it directly ties into why I write the songs the way that I do, because sometimes you make fans, and sometimes you make enemies, and sometimes you need to, like, put it out there, you know? And I like to say this album is some kind of redemptive exercising of demons. It really is. It, is. it yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah, My yeah. wife had to listen to this whole thing, and she's like, yo, you did that? Wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I married you? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, like, something I should have known prior to all, you know. And some of it you do know, but then, yeah, you read the lyric sheet and you're like, that's heavy, you know. You talk about yeah. people dropping like flies in your life and going to jail and all kinds of whatever, whatever. Well, I love it when, people, when, when stuff is real like that. It makes all the difference. It's, you know, it's the difference between me giving a shit about an album or an artist and not, you know. It's really important to me that, that, that it well, means you feel something. like the album's got some, some real meat to it, man, some soul like in it, you know. Sure. I think people can yeah. sniff out fakeness too. You know, yeah. what I mean? if yeah. you try to write a song about something and it's not genuine, yeah. like it's not going to resonate. The reason, like, I know you said talking about yourself, it, you thought it was tread or whatever, but I feel like talking about yourself, if it's real, there's going to be a certain portion of the world that's going to share that experience with you and relate to it. And yeah. that's that, yeah. yeah, there is value in that. I right. do agree with that. Yeah. Because there are relatable stories, whether you know yeah. people want to believe that or not. <laughs> just like, yeah, I suppose just as long as you're keeping it real. But that, I, I, there was um, 
So I was watching Wednesday Wednesday Adams last mm-hmm. night. I love and it. And one, one of the things that she said on there, she, she said, um, I hate when people say, write what you know, because they're just suffering from like a, oh, just a crisis of no, yeah. Yeah, no imagination, which good. I thought was really funny, because I always say, write what you know, because, <laughs> because, and I think it probably is quite important to do that. But I just thought it was great to just subvert that, turn it on his head. I was like, oh. Oh no! Now I have to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thin air, you know. Yeah, be creative in thin air. Tim Burton. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great show too, by the way. Yeah, it's cute. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, some people have been bitching about it, but I, it's what I, I, I think it's nice. It's a little PG, you know. Yeah, it's, it's nice cute. Little watch. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. I could do it. Um, so, uh, do you? Oh yeah. Before we get to that, why is the band called Billy Doom is Dead? You're about to say. Yeah. So there's a television show in the '90s called Parker Lewis Can't Lose. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that show, but Mark Lewis gets so. I wasn't in America then. Okay, fair enough. Probably <laughs> <laughs> better off. Probably better off. But uh, it's a show, and he was kind of like a Dennis the Menace type. You know, he could not lose. He, he would do crazy wild buck thing, buck wild things, and people would just love him and accept him the way that he was. And then uh, I, re- I received a, a phone call one day from someone, and they were just like, "This Billy Doom character, this Billy Doom character, he's dead." And I was like, "Ooh, I like that." And yeah. I wasn't thinking about starting a band at the time. I was just writing it on things. I had a span of time when I wasn't playing music at all where I would just go graffitiing at night. I'd nice. just get up at 4 a.m. and wander the streets where I live and just write my name on all kinds of stuff. Sorry, guys, sure. you know, the legal activities, <laughs> but it's in there, too. And then I was like, well, this should be a band. This looks great on a sticker, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a solid band name. It's a solid band name, you know. It's it, a is, people... it is a great band Thank name. you very much. Yeah, Thank you very Plus, band. it kind of, like, connects to your band because, like, you guys kill Billy's, kill Billy, yeah. now he's dead. There was a joint. There's something there. There's something here. I'm here hoping he doom is dead. Split album idea. That's awesome. I love that. Do you, when it comes to sort of practicing your instrument, do you sit down and um, and do you like ever like run scales or do that kind of like that kind of practice? I do. Yeah, yeah. I actually do. I, th- I think that you have to, if especially in my position where it's my job to front the band. I have to be, I have to sing the songs well, and I have to engage you physically, and then I also have to hold down a majority of the thing so he can shine and sparkle on it. Yeah, which requires that I this, this right hand has to be on the money, and this left hand has to be on the money. So I definitely make a point to rehearse the scales, like all the lame stuff you're not supposed to, you know. Oh, I just drink a fifth of Jack, and I go out there and I rock out. I'm like, I'm actually that dude that's like, sober that's, out the shows, and that's what, I that's what he does. That's what <laughs> 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 yeah. He's what the badass one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I switched yeah. over to James. My bad. That's my job. But yeah, so, I'm, yeah, so I'm, I'm the guy that's like running scales before the set. You know, yeah. like I'm making sure that I'm warmed up. I'm making sure that I'm. You gotta be. You know, recently, um, maybe it's come getting older. I don't know, but it's like I could, I start playing properly in the second set out of three. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta warm up. Man. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, so yeah. I'm doing it now. Yeah. There's yeah, a few yeah. songs we play like right at you know. We don't play the same set all the time, but there's a couple of songs here and there that are just, you know, they you always... should play the same set all the time. It makes it so much easier. That's all we do. <laughs> same song, same order. Yeah. Yep. We got it down to a T. Yep. Well, we have a few songs that we play, like, in, you know, towards the beginning or whatever, second, third song, or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I could see they're, like, they're really fast songs. Right. And I could see he's like struggling so, with it. It's, yeah. it. Not even really struggling, but I could see he's just like, I don't really need to, I need to warm up before I do this. Yeah. You know? I mean, James, uh, James started doing um, a couple, I don't know, maybe like three, four shows ago. Um, we were out of town and we were at this Airbnb and he was messing around with the stand up bass before we went out to the festival to play. Mm-hmm. So he had the stand up bass and he's playing. Then we got to the festival. He gets off stage and he goes, "Holy crap!" He goes, "I need." He goes, "That stand up bass neck is like a yeah, two by four. Dude. He goes, "I need to do that every time." He goes, "I ran that banjo like oh, yeah, it, was it a makes you feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 it's so fast. Yeah. It's Absolutely. like going Absolutely. from an acoustic then grabbing your electric and you're like, Shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, for Flying. sure. Yeah, they they use those giant practice swords for, like with knights did, didn't they? Yeah, like, right. two heavy them, swords. That, well, it's like the baseball players. You put a bunch, you put the weights on it, yeah. you swing it, then it's yeah. lighter when you, yeah. you get up to it. Yeah, I wonder if there's any real truth to that. We'll have to find out. Have some, we need like a control group. We got to have some other people do it. <laughs> yeah, yes, you guys are doing surveys. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm not busy enough. I just, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. just do like a load of surveys for no reason. That's definitely going to happen. Andy's in 29 bands. We'll, we'll, we'll just do 37 podcasts. <laughs> How have you found the, the Florida music scene when it comes to um, this band being received and? Uh, how, how do you feel that do you, do you feel it's been inviting? Yes, I, oddly, I feel like people love the thing because it's just its own thing. I and mean, you guys know we've only played one show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. People just, are talking about well, it. Well, the like, reason I guess the reason oh, I brought crap, that up is because <laughs> I think we got the wrong band. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
No, the, the reason I brought that up is because I saw just how much everyone freaked out about that show, you know? Yeah. It was like, it just seemed like... It, it's just all over social media, and everyone's making such a big fuss, and it's just great, you know? Well, that's, that's part of, I mean, this is all Billy's brainchild, you know what I mean? And I think Andy nailed it when he said to me, he's like, it's like all the bands that we've been in before have led us to being in this band, so we all, we know what works and what doesn't, so we kind of just trimming the fat, and we're like, yeah. this is what you gotta do, this is what you gotta do, yeah. and you know, like, even when it comes to just like, hey, dress up for the for the podcast, you know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. people eat with their eyes as well, too, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's all a deliberate, like... And there's a lot to eat over there. Right. You know? That's what I was telling. It was just Thanksgiving, bro, I know. In America, it was <laughs> no, just Thanksgiving. You're in the bad seat, too, man. <laughs> with these wide-angle cameras. Um, yeah. You and I are going to look no. like we're an extra hey, hundred pounds. Hey, I know why they put me here. It's just... Exactly. There you go. There you go. Flow for show. Yeah, that's what I was telling. I was telling Billy that before the show that you know uh, we were we were playing a gig, and then I got up the next morning, and it was you know the morning after you guys played that gig at Matthews. Got up the next morning, and it's like every musician I knew that was off that night that had gone to your show that was posting like, "Oh, what a great band! This is amazing! All this energy, whatever!" And I immediately text Ben, and I'm like, "We gotta get these guys on." (laughs) And then I messaged Andy, and I'm like, "Hey." You're in that band, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you didn't even know. You just took a shot in the dark. You're like, the odds are in my favor. He's in the band. No, I didn't even see him online. Yeah. I was just like, Andy, I'm surely you're in that band. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, but that goes like, Billy had the the, the lyric teaser videos up, mm-hmm. and like, t- uh, he didn't. He has a strategy for releasing stuff. You know, he doesn't. Like we're not just I'd like to the whole it, album yeah. back. Is it, could you tell us about your, this sure. strategy? Yeah? Yes, um, I think so. I kind of see the whole thing before it happens. I don't write songs with instruments in my hand ever. So, yeah. I, so I've, I've visualized the entire song, and then I put the chords to whatever I'm visualizing. I see the photo of what we look like and where we are when we take the photo. And then I sit on the drum set, and I play the song, and then the, you, know, you build the bear. So you make the song, and then you create the visual. And, uh, and then in terms of showing it to, your, to the people you want to show it to, I think it's all about just making it to where you're, you're pinpointing exactly what you want them to see. Because you might only have a minute. Yeah. You might only have 15 seconds. You might get five and a half. I, I mean, people's attention spans are so so brief like with all this. It's 30 seconds, I yeah. think. You know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? So a reel is, is about the accurate amount of time that you have to really display what you're doing. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I only have 30 seconds to, to showcase what I want to do, I'm going to try to make it the best 30 seconds I possibly I'm using that as a fictitious amount of time, but it can be whatever you want. In my mind, though, I try to imagine, even down to the point, I can't control the medium that you're seeing it in, but if I could, this is how I would do it, that kind of right, thing. Right. So we try to meticulously think about every step along the way, how many songs are on the record, why there are that many songs, what kind of subject matter we're touching upon how long the songs are if it's over three and a half minutes I don't, I don't really care yeah I'm over it. I mean not to say there aren't great songs that are 20 minutes long I love Mars Volta I don't write those songs yeah I don't, you know, it's neither just not do I me. honestly well, for a punk we, band it doesn't yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah. you know what I mean it's not even a thing if, if it's getting towards three and a half minutes when I've written a song I'm, I'm starting to think Oh, God, what we got to cut out of this, you know? Or I'll use it for no name. (laughs) 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 I guess the only reason some of the no-name songs were longer is because they they had that obligatory dub bit in them. If you took that bit out, then in like three minutes, three and a half minutes. We need those parts. <laughs> yes, when you're playing three-hour shows, it's like, hey, uh, yeah. stretch this one out a little bit. Oh, yeah, we're running yeah, out of material. Yeah. Third verse in halftime, you know, yeah. dub, it, dub it out. <laughs> well, pretty much at 120 BPM, if you go a little bit of an intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, double chorus, that's three and a half minutes. That's it. You know that's I mean? it. Just be on the calendar right there. You know, a calculator tells yeah. you that's three and a half minutes. Boom. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so in terms of trying to... Um, kind of create the visual that you want to see. I try to imagine all of that, and then obviously I bring the guys in it. This is what I'm thinking. And they, as you know, they have no problem being like, I think that's lame. Right, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or no, if, if that's what you think, well, maybe we should take it in that direction. And that's what really helps me kind of finish the product before it's even a product. And I hate using the term product. But, I mean, eventually when someone consumes whatever they're going to see, they're going to visualize. Product, it know? is a product. I mean, I mean they're going to yeah. see it in such a way. Not to say that any of it's fake because I would be wearing this jacket if I was here at Publix or doing this podcast <laughs> or whatever. Sure. But in terms of packaging the band, I think it's integral that bands think about how they want to be seen. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And after years and years of not having any anyone really taking care of that end of things um you know th- having our social media person danielle just take really great pictures of us and be thinking about it a lot more yeah. and also and also having hector on board who's a uh who's a graphic artist and you know and having them both in the band thinking about that a lot of the times made a huge difference our instagram is and our facebook and all that is like legit now you know and it, oh, it looks great and it's just yeah, from yeah. just from danielle just really 
attention to detail and yeah. being consistent, you know, yeah. it's so important. Yeah, she's that's just cr- consistency. Yeah. Yeah. She's creating out content, you know? Yeah, yeah. she's creating, putting out content like well, all the time. how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So, I mean, like, you're going to want, I mean, for me personally, if I'm looking at a band and I go to their Instagram and it looks like shit, you're like, eh, are these guys legit? You know are what I mean? Are they, like, even like, real? Yeah. Or if you walk yeah. on, if you, if, as musicians, you walk in, somebody's playing, you walk up, you see their gear. They got some like shoddy gear, like, hmm. or they're playing in like cargo shorts and flip flops. They, they got like a neon like Jack lead yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm already. Like, you're, gonna have to, you're gonna have to be really good to win me over. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not yeah. saying you can't, but yeah. you're starting from behind the eight ball right yeah. there. Or they got like, like, like that, that full stack at like a tiny bar. Yeah, yeah. And it's, oh, yeah. And it's, and it's, <laughs> it's like a crate, not even it's like, two. You're not even getting <laughs> a proper tone out of that. <laughs> totally. Those big old rusty like. Full stack crate. Where do you see someone with that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you see, like, what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I could have really insult someone saying that someone's sitting on yeah. it right now. Yeah, like, the like, this is who I am. This is good. Like, Come on, how dare you? <laughs> He's asleep inside. He's <laughs> <defying> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> that's awesome. He's asleep inside of it. So, um, I don't know, really know what your sort of history is, is with all this stuff, but it's one of the questions I ask on here just because. A few years ago, I stopped drinking. It's quite an important thing to me. Is how do you navigate the thorny world of booze and drugs when it comes to music and, and gigs and stuff like um, that? That's been the biggest problem of my entire life. Right. I wrote a record about it. You know. So yeah. yeah. So understanding how to not let the lifestyle that you think you should be leading create the lifestyle you actually are leading. If that makes yeah. any sense, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. for me, yeah. I mean, I used to be the biggest party animal ever. I would get up at 9 a.m. and just drink all day through the show, pass out whenever, get up, do it all over again. I would tour like that, tour internationally like that, which is super dangerous, Yeah, yeah. you know. And then um, I had a wake-up call, and I was like, yo, I could probably get a lot more done if I just <laughs> didn't spend every single moment at the bar when I wasn't playing a show or if I wasn't spending every single dollar I had, you know, that wasn't paying bills at the bar. Yeah. So for me now, it's the, doing this band happened because I stopped drinking for two months. Essentially, right like it really happened because I was like, I'm not going to drink for like two months and see what I can get done. Yeah, and it turns out a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah it turns out there's so much. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. like it's it's just. I mean, beer is delicious, but it is you know it can definitely get a grip on you. And oh, it can yeah. definitely make you make decisions or help you make poor decisions. You know that uh, necessarily you wouldn't make if you were a sober guy. Yeah, also, yeah. I know, right? Yeah, but it's not saying because I, I do have a beer now occasionally. We're having fun. Like I can do yeah. that. But my yeah. thing for me personally, because I've played a lot of really bomb shows that weren't great, and I was and I was aware in that moment to know like. This is not going well, yeah. but I'm up here for another 40 minutes. I have to make the best of it with four other guys around me being like, dude, you're, you should not be up here right now. Nah. Yeah. You know, so those moments happened enough to where I was like, yeah, maybe I could be OK at this or better at this or it could be my life if I just figure out how to manage it all. So, yeah, it's, right been, it's been a trial and error process, you know, but yeah. shows are getting booked. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, There's definitely going to be a balance to it. Yeah, you know there has to be balance. My whole thing is like, hey, when the work is done. Then you can celebrate, you know. Yeah. But first things first. If, if if this starts to get in the way of actually doing your job and stuff, then maybe, like Billy said, maybe it's time to put that in check. You know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I had to do because but it got in the way of it. And it wasn't serving you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, if it's yeah. not serving you, then what's the point? You know. Exactly. Yeah. And then after about six months of being really weird and not being able to look people in the eye, <laughs> being super awkward, you know, yeah. Yeah. finally settled down. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hardest part. That's why that's I wear sunglasses part. at night, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It can get weird. <laughs> it can, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know if we already touched on this, but I can't remember. But I wanted to just ask when it comes to came to recording it. Are you recording it in where is where did you record the single that's out? And where where are you recording everything? Sure. So I do everything at home, aside from the things I do at Raincat Recordings in Stewart. So I Raincat, do, okay. Yeah. So Raincat are my homeboys. I've known them for a very long time. I lived in Stewart for a while, so that's how I know them. But uh, I do my drums at home. I have a nice drum room. I like recording drums nice. at home because drums, you know, you can make mistakes and no one's, you know, you can figure things out. And obviously, as everyone knows, cheaper, man. Way yeah. cheaper. <laughs> it's it's way time, cheaper. And you can experiment. You can try stuff out. If I want to layer snares, I want to, whatever I want to do, I can try it in the bank and tell me if it's terrible later on. And it costs me nothing to do that, you know? Yeah. That's so, cool. You have a drum room. So, one thing I'm missing at home, I've got a great room for recording and I've managed to dial it in and I can hear. You, you know, when, like when you. You're finally used to the room. So you know when you mix something in there and you take it out of there, what it's going to sound like. You know what I mean? Yes. It take, takes a while to get there with, Absolutely. with the room. But Absolutely. I think I'm finally there with that. But I don't have a drum room and that sucks. But, so, you know. but then the thing is, I work at this beautiful place, LMC, which is a studio. Yeah, so like, it doesn't matter. It's a drum room. What do you mean? It's a drum room. We're sitting in the drum room. I wish I had that. That's great. Yeah, exactly. So ultimately... 
my thing at home is a sort of glorified you know it's just a glorified office you know and this this right here LMC is a studio so yeah, like, there's nothing to worry about yeah, <laughs> nothing to worry about. You, can, you can do your pre-production you can hash out your ideas at your place and then yeah when you yeah. bring it in here and finalize it you know no exactly yeah. yeah yeah so in terms of that like I do I do all the drums at home I do the bass tracking at home I'll DI everything I have an amp rig obviously that I can play through but I'll bring a DI to the studio so I'll do what I think sounds okay. cool in my room because it might be okay in my room, but it might not be yeah. okay in everybody else's room. Yeah. So yeah. then, so I'll capture my DI through an amp mic'd up, and then I'll bring the raw DI with me with guitars as well. So I'll track guitars at home, mic those cabinets with multiple mics, so I have options when I bring it to the studio. Bring yeah. them a DI, which was also helpful too, because a lot of this stuff got reamped. What I did at home and thought would work for the arrangements did not work out when you started right. stacking it all up. All that mid range, you know. Yeah, he's like a sonic genius too. Like he, he tells me like, "Can you uh, cut like this hurts?" And I'm like, yeah, "I would if I knew how." You want to come up and change it? For me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's he just, the first bass player to let me touch his amp. You know? like, oh, nobody's wow. ever able to touch their I amp. I turned he's it like, right back after you. <laughs> he pacified me. So it's a marriage. He pacified me. <laughs> yeah, our first practice, I think we spent like two hours just turning knobs before we even yeah. tried one song. No, oh, but wow. he's very deliberate. And, like, and immediately dialed in his fuck. Like to Billy's credit. That's, I mean, that, it's so much of it. So I, when I'm writing songs, I'm already thinking not only necessarily about the instruments themselves, but the space they occupy within the spectrum. Sure. So if you're playing, a, you know, a JCM 900 combo with a Les Paul Jr. with a certain amount of effect, it sounds like this, it sits in a mix, you should write a part that fits in that mix. Yeah. You know, and if I'm power chord guy or full four chord guy, well, and then I want an orange on one side and a fender on the other. So I put together a rig that allows me to have a fender amp on one side, pan hard right, and orange on the other. Yeah, like he nice. built out of a cabinet that he found in the trash. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> found people like throw stuff away it's crazy people throw guitar amps away and i found a nice vox amp and i rebuilt the vox amp from scratch and it sounds great for my my clean sound or if you we're, know we're doing the classic thing with uh birch and the fat dude's new album with, with, with the marshall on one side and messer on the other side yeah. so you've just got the the beef the you you got like the purple kind of like scoop tone and then you've got the mm-hmm. mid-rangey and one they, it's the, the way they sit together yes. yeah it's a beautiful yeah. thing you know yeah, yeah. and it definitely helps exponentially and of course with the bass you can't go wrong p bass SVT, Sans Amp, that is sick of it all. Yeah. That's, you know, that's every grindy, hardcore record I ever listened to. It's like, I want to hear the strings, but I want to feel the low end. Yeah. And of course, you know, Kevin. A little Kevin's bit of growl on it. It's, for, it. for me, it's cool. It's totally different than what I normally play. You know, normally I'm playing like flat wound five string, yeah. going for that big whoop whoop. Like, yeah. But he's then he's pick. like, no, no. He's like, we don't, I don't want none of that. He's like, get a P-Bass and a pick and play yeah. like... Yeah. Beat this instrument cool, to death man. if you could, please. Oh, you know? yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Stand up, it's cool with me. Play, yeah. with, play stand-up with a pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you? Wow. No. Yeah, Andy says, do you? <laughs> Is that an option? <laughs> it might be. Uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone ever, ever even has done that. I use a pick for my youth. Uh, yeah. It had to be a pick the size of my phone. Right. right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I'm really. You curious. might be onto something there, dude. It's like a, it's like a mouse pad. <laughs> I'm really. Um, I think this would be a good moment, seeing as we talked about all the production that's been going on, um, to listen to something that you that, that you've done. Sound sure. Good? Yeah. All right. Let's do that.
561 Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. It's a biker bar in Tequesta, and if you're driving up US 1, you come across it on the right-hand side. It's a, a little bar there. It's bright yellow. You can't miss it with the handlebars on, on the sign. And it has a long and storied history. It's been there. It used to be called Judy's, um, and it was run by this guy Victor, who sadly passed this year, R.I.P. Victor. And uh, then my father-in-law took it over, and he's doing a great job up there. There is a bike night every second Thursday of the month, and there is a jam every fourth Sunday of the month, if you're interested in that kind of thing. It's just an all-inclusive, any any kind of music, any style, any ability type of a jam. And there's great beers on tap, and they're wonderful food. Bernsey, the chef, does, does a fantastic job. Um, if you're interested in classic cars or classic bikes, there's always that kind of stuff hanging around there. It attracts that sort of a crowd because it's called Handlebars Bar and Grill, so it makes sense. And, um, yeah, you should come swing by. It's uh, it's definitely a local spot and has a lot of character. And there's people who have been going there for decades and decades. It's one of those places that's um, a part of the furniture in Tequesta. And you should definitely come check it out. I um, booked the music for the place and love doing it and um i was a part of helping set the place up and um i'm a huge fan and you should anyone who is interested in biker bars or even if you've just never been to one and you're curious about what a biker bar is about you should go and check out handlebars bar and grill we are also sponsored by oasis root now oasis root carver bar is in sea grape square on indian town road and it is a kava bar. If you don't know anything about kava, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water. And it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where, you know, that brings people together. Um, you all take a, a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. Uh, it just kind of makes you feel a, a, a nice. It's not particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So the atmosphere in a carver bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house pretty chill in there um you get all sorts of different types of carver bars some of them are more like a club you know this sort of like black light and edm playing and some of them are more like a cafe this is one of the cafe type of ones it's it's super chill in there if you're looking for somewhere to i don't know maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends it's perfect for that kind of thing there's a foosball table in there if that's your jam or baby foot as they call it in france and uh yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there. All sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band. And his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day -day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, we run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really, the main focus is on the on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, we are also a studio, a live stream venue, and can, we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in and it was a real success. Um, but outside of that, we can record albums. We can help you with your EPK. And we have full audio visual capabilities here. 
LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. Thanks. So seeing as we were just listening to an ad about LMC, which is where we're sitting right now um, at Live Music Community here, um, do you have any advice for upcoming musicians by any chance? Yes, absolutely. Um, don't stop. And once you start, don't stop. Uh, the biggest thing I find that is, is once you start something, there's going to be a lot of things that get in your way. You have to see how to turn roadblocks into ramps. Yeah. You know, so if you have a, a winner's mindset, you'll see past the issues and you will make it happen regardless. People will tell you to stop. People will tell you that what you're doing isn't cool. If you firmly believe in what you're doing, I guess it's not really a musical thing. I mean, this is more of a, a life affirmation thing I think I'm giving now. Yeah, right? but I think it applies. I mean, okay, cool. Practice your scales, obviously. But, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, learn how to use a tuner and change your strings or whatever. But uh, definitely do not stop for any reason if you feel conviction about what you're doing. If you feel impactful about your art, just do it. And that's yeah. it. You know? Success is built on the back of multiple failures absolutely you know I mean? absolutely the, uh, the change yeah. of strings though, that doesn't apply to bass players right? no no no, 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 no. Okay, I just check yeah, 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 you you're there yeah. get out of here bro if you win the lottery yeah Andy have you got any pearls of wisdom over there mate um yeah like if you ask me to join your band I'll do it yes no also like being in band it's like being a good musician is one thing but also being not getting butthurt not having an ego being easy to be around Showing up on time, our bad. <laughs> <laughs> I drove from Fort Lauderdale, man. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> and I had to pick him up, too. <laughs> so uh, what about you, Kevin? You got any advice? Uh, I would or? say one of the most important things that I found is, like, you, you can become a better musician, but you can't become a better person, you know? So yeah. uh, if you're in a, a project that you want to have any type of longevity i think it's really important of like who you surround yourself with because yeah. i mean i see these guys and the guys in my other band like more than i see my family sure so it, it becomes the interpersonal relationships are really important so i would they say absolutely like, are you know, yeah. and we talk about that all the time right yeah. now kilberley's that's a, a good dynamic with friends and you know brothers and it, it's it's so important it's, yeah it's, it's crucial i mean you're gonna like brothers you're gonna have fights but it's like like you said don't get butthurt about it you know like shake hands and carry on and just know that you know there's love in the room with everybody you know like yeah. we're all we're all trying to pull the rope in the same direction here you know yeah. like no, couldn't agree more so um we just listened to a song can you tell us a little bit about it mate? sure yeah cycle of fear is a song that we listen to cycle of fear is about the perpetuation of fear and hatred through the media right, so yeah. i discuss how uh Essentially, a lot of things that we f- think and feel that we think we feel are just kind of told to us and prophesized to us, and we internalize that, and we act out sometimes in ways that aren't the best for society. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. Um, was there a specific um, moment in time that uh, inspired it, or is it just more of a general? No, I, 9-11. That was the moment. Um, I remember like I was, a, I was a sophomore or junior in high school, I think, when it happened, and, and I could just yeah. see how people were all of a sudden hating a certain group of people and lumping them in is a whole thing when it's, you know, regardless of how you feel about how that went down or if you think it happened at all, um, hating a bunch of people based on what's being prescribed to you is part yeah. of the way to go, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, just like every good punk song is personal politics and just kind of getting into the nitty-gritty. So like, absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a little bit of a look at some of your gear now, I think. Ooh, Let's okay, do that. Fun, fun. fun. So can you tell us about what we're looking at here? Sure. This is uh, kind of like my multi-purpose board. This is where I get the guitar tone stuff, the uh, vocal processing done, and how we route a snake to inner ears for the drummer. So uh, on the right, the far bottom right, is a volume pedal that routes the guitar two different ways, one directly into the orange and then into the EQ that's in the effects loop of that, and that, that controls the left side of my 412 cabinet, so that's my orange side that gets a Sennheiser mic in front of it. And then the, uh, the tuner side is another chain of pedals that connects to my Vox side, which is kind of the more fendery, surfed outside, and that sure. goes to the right side of the same 412 cabinet where that gets mic'd up separately. Um, underneath the yellow pedal, which is a chorus that hits that Vox side, is uh, the wireless microphones that hit the Zoom processor so we can do all of the vocal processing live on stage. I let, Because right. we're on a metronome live, it's imperative to have your delays timed out. So you're switching from one side of the cab to the other based on whether you're like heavy or clean. Is that exactly, exactly, yeah. Essentially, it, it, you can do it that way too. I generally just add a layer in. Okay. So, so my clean... So what I call clean, clean players laugh at. I have jazz sure. friends who are just like, that's a clean sound to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. Well, it has single coils on the guitar. It's clean, right? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's distorted itself. 
So essentially what I'm doing with the volume pedals, I'm actually just adding the orange in. So okay. the Vox is always playing all the time on one side. Yeah. And the reason why it's set up that way is in my, in my personal perspective, I feel like if you're going to have two separate guitar sounds like that, they should be panned out hard left and hard right in the PA. Yeah. And then allow Andy's guitar to either be panned center or be panned a little bit. I mean, because where he's positioned on the stage, if you're looking at the stage, he's to the left anyway. Yeah. So you could pan a little to the left and then bass, of course, will occupy the center, kick drum, snare, vocals, all that kind of stuff. I love that idea of splitting the cabinet. I think that's really smart. That's Thank you. super cool. That it's it's really much better cool. than taking multiple cabinets because at one point I was the double stack guy in the, in the bar and people were like, dude, you don't have to do that. You could just split the cabinet up. You could have four different signals going to one cabinet if you wanted to wire in such a way. Yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah, and then vocal processing is not on there. And then there's a snake box on the top left that allows me to send my guitar, the vocals, the metronome, um, all to that box on the top left. And you, it's a 50. You, so you guys are playing to a metronome? Yes. Yeah, live awesome. on a metronome. Yeah. So that way. Regardless of how you're feeling or thinking, you know, we're either 155 or 150 or whatever we are every single song. Right. And, and it also helps with sound check, too, because sometimes you can play audio tracks through Front of House to kind of figure out, kind of like an RTA. So yeah. I'm able to just play tracks with Front of House to kind of figure out where the guitar should sit, where the bass should sit, things like that. Oh, nice. And, of course, just a regular DI box. So the, the vocal hits the Zoom processor, goes right to a Front of House DI box, straight to them. And then uh, we're on ears, so... Uh, the bottom left pedal controls the metronome stuff, and you know it gets routed to the snake out, so the drummer has whatever they need at any given time. We're not really relying upon a monitor mix. Yeah, that's that's really cool, you know. And it, 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 you, there's a lot of experience that's gone into that rig. You know, that's yes. not, that's not like a beginner's rig, right? No, there. no. So you can see every failure <laughs> I've had in my life in that rig. You know? yeah, <laughs> I don't understand of... anything he just said. I just <laughs> plugged a cable bass into amp. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some pedals too. He has some choice uh, pedals that have been, you know, whatever. Sh- I know, I, 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 we don't talk about what he does with his, but yeah. So it's. I think that's part of it. It's a lot of trial and error for me. I, the last bit I did was a metronome band that had sequence video. So once I got into sequencing video to live audio, the whole box got like, well, how? What's the easiest way to do this? If I'm if I'm the production manager and the lead singer in this band, how can I possibly do this with my feet and play guitar and sing at the same time? So yeah. this is kind of a stripped down version of that idea, yeah. but you could still yield. I mean, I can still if I had Ableton or something like that set up, I could just trigger that as well, and you could have projections happening at the same time with the songs. Yeah, I love all that. You know, we used to do that in Sonic Boom Six. We used to have a yes. lot of fun with projections. That's how I know who you are. I love. <laughs> I, that's, how, that's how I know you is from yeah. that band. You know, yeah, yeah. and I got to see your Marshall JCM. 900 I'm pretty sure you're 800 um, yeah yeah but it's a it's a 2000 but I, okay. and I've had I wish it was an 800 but it's not it's 2000 it's, but it isn't it, you know what though it um, for what I needed it for it's better because it's got different channels and yeah. stuff you know well you guys were loud quiet loud and, yeah, and, and dynamics yeah. in between yeah exactly you know, we're just loud and, and my, my, <laughs> my JCM 2000 the dirty clean on it is just to die for Mm. It's just the best where you switch the button, you have that slight overdrive on the clean. Like I, th- I could just live inside that guitar. So that's my favorite yeah. guitar sound. Sound of revolution, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah. yeah! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I, I still do love that amp though, and um, and I still use it. I was using it yesterday. It's in my yeah. just set up in my studio all the time. And whenever I do any kind of guitar stuff, I use that amp. It's a killer amp. Yeah, man. It's so cool you even know that I play in my... I love that. You're a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told him to say that. No, I'm a fan. I, I, I thought I told you that when I, when I did a session for you guys, when you guys were doing... You're shooting the music video for a name, Ska Band. Oh, yeah, I was okay. Like, I, I, you know, I knew of you from that, and you're like, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, no, for real, I do, I do. I think I was just kind of stressed out that day. I'm it was sure. a bit of a weird day. It was, yeah. it was a weird day. We had to film a lot in, in our tight space, and yeah. there was... Yeah, a lot no air conditioning. No air conditioning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's a lot going on. Yeah, sometimes if it seems like I'm being rude, it's, it, it's just because I have no idea what's going on and I'm like in my own head. And like not even <laughs> so, I didn't take it the wrong way. <laughs> okay, and, good. Yeah, I think you're just like, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, no, I do. No, I am a fan of your band. I'm very familiar with your band. I have all the stuff. You know? okay. It's because yeah. it's British, man. Don't <laughs> take it personally. No, I don't. You know what? Now, now, now you say it. I am remembering that whole situation and I do remember you saying that and it was very nice of you. Yeah. And it was nice of you now as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome. So um, what's coming next for uh, for you guys? So uh, we start. We have December off to reconfigure the live show. 
Um, and January starts a run of shows. So we have our first show back January 10th at Prop, and then we have four days on the road in Florida doing a mini run to kind of nice. cal- slowly calibrate the engine, you know, make sure that we all work well together and, and yeah. obviously not long drives. But as you know, you guys know you guys are band dudes. It's yeah. all about that chemistry, figuring out, you know, your run. Yeah, the first it makes or breaks, the, is this going to be a band or not? You know, that's what yes. it's all about. Like, can't, can we hang? Uh, exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly, exactly. That's the thing. If you guys could sit in a car for, you know, eight hours together or something, that's yeah, huge. Yeah, you're unbreakable <laughs> yeah, then huge. at that point. You right? know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. So the best way, I, in my opinion, to do it is to do it in small bursts. You know, let that build slowly. Four days, eight days, 12 days. Back in the day, I'd be like, hey, we're going on tour, 25 days. Let's do a full U.S. in one shot. And then halfway through, people are flying home or taking buses home, and you're trying to replace people and yeah. figure out how to split amps because your bass player is gone, and now you have to figure out how to make a bass sound happen. Oh, uh, man, that's how yeah. I learned how to do all this stuff was from the error, not the trial. Right, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... That's neat, though. The splitting the amp like that is something that I'm just going to mess around with a, a ton now at home. I'm just going to, because, you know, I've got, I've got a whole bunch of different things and sort of, you know, amp sim pedals and stuff like that. And, uh, and so I'm just going to experiment with it, just using two speakers for one, two speakers for the other. It's such a good idea. Never thought about doing that ever before. It's cool. It's cool. It's, it's way better than taking two 412s. Yeah, yeah. Because I was doing it that way for a long time, and everyone was hating. They're just not cool about it. <laughs> <laughs> Take it to the Viper, and they're like, you roll, and they're like, you know, you don't want this in here. I was like, no, I have to. Yeah. Back in the day when I'd been on, when I was on tour with other bands, um, we would do a thing where um, if someone would let me use their other ramp. I'd just go into mine and then I'd, you know, I'd just have another ramp at the other side of the stage use theirs too. Mm-hmm. It was always nice if there was someone with a Mesa then because I'd have the Marshall and the Mesa. We used to do that occasionally. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the sound. That's yeah, the sound, yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. But um, all right, that's, it's been so nice for you to um, come in and do the podcast. You're, yeah. you're a brand new band with an incredibly bright future and I really, really hope the best for you guys. I hope thank you so much. Out. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Thank and you it, for having us. And I think you, you just seem like you're doing everything right from the get-go which is a difficult thing to do and uh, and and you know an impressive thing to do so uh, you know just if you can keep this up then uh I, bright things in your future i think thank you, you know. very much thanks man thank you so much thanks yeah, a lot yeah. for having us yes man yeah, appreciate wicked. it andy we'll see you next week with the next band on the uke <laughs> so yeah we do, um if you would um go on our website there is a button there where you can donate to uh to uh the cause isn't there can you tell us a little bit about that yeah uh website is 561 music uh you can follow us there you can go to all our socials there which is at 561 music podcast on all our socials you can donate to the podcast you can become a sponsor of the podcast um you can listen to the podcast you can jump from there and go to the youtube page um and uh you can actually go to the killbillies page from there and on the Killbillies page, you can pre-order the vinyl for the new album. You can oh, do that. Shameless plug. Oh, you can do that. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, seeing as we're you know here and talking about it, and if somehow you didn't see the ad that's going to be right at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we have a new album out. It's, it's called Back to Basics. We're very proud of it. So um, please, if uh, you could do us a favor, either buy a physical copy or um, or stream it. It's stream on all streaming services. Stream the hell out of it because we only get like, you know, a minuscule fraction of a penny per stream. So That and, you know, the, <laughs> the more you get early on, the more likely you're going to get on in, into some algorithms and stuff yeah, like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd really appreciate yeah. anyone. It's just nice to, to see the numbers going up and, you know, see that people are actually listening to it. So I'd like to say that I'm not watching that app like most, <laughs> almost all day every day, but I am. So if you want to like, make, you want to make me happy in real time, I'm just stream the album. I'll see you do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get the phones out. Get the phones out. Here we go. So we get asked back. <laughs> and then where are we playing this weekend? Friday uh, is uh, is it Tiki Fifty Two or is it Taco Tiki? Taco Tiki. Taco Tiki Friday. Yep. And then uh, on Sunday we're playing Swank Farms. I know that. Yeah, it's a ticketed private event, but you know yeah. you can go on their website and get information about that and and go to the events if you would like. Yeah, and then on uh, Saturday from nine to midnight, I'm playing at Island Root Carver Bar in Stewart. So one of my as Carver's, I, I go to Carver Bars because I don't drink and they're quite a fun place to hang out. And it's one of those divisive things. Some people just think it absolutely sucks. Some people think it's the best thing ever. I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. I'm like not. It's fun. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not like you know, massively for or against. But I think it's a good time. And I play. uh, I play at Island Root in Stewart and the one over in Royal Palm. But this time I'm going to be in Stewart. And uh, if you want to come and experience something a little bit different, um, if you've never been to a carver bar, come and come and hang out with me.
and stew it on Saturday night. Yeah, man. Um, as always, like, subscribe, send us money. Um, it's Christmas time. My wife needs, you know, jewelry. Um, but, but no, seriously, uh, like, subscribe. Um, definitely support us. Uh, if you can't support us financially, um, which, you know, all the money goes right back into the podcast to make this happen so we can shed light on on uh, on fantastic bands and, and great upcoming bands like yeah, these guys. Yeah, I just guys. wanted to say thank you, you guys know. for doing yeah. this. This yeah, is awesome, man. So much, yeah, guys, uh, yeah, absolutely. Really helping build up the local scene, man, which is it's, – it's been – Thanks, Kevin. It's been needed for a long time, and you guys are doing it, and you're doing it at a uh, it's our at pleasure, an man. awesome we, level, we, man. We so love doing what we're doing, and um, we'll be putting another another festival together that you guys uh, spread was part of last year. For sure. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll be doing that again April 1st yeah. at, at Matthews Brewing. So we'll be getting in touch with you guys about that. Maybe we could get some Billy Doom's dead action yeah. on it. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah. That's confirmed. Yeah. That's the day of I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. No matter what the confirmed. lineup is, though, Andy will be at the festival. <laughs> yeah. There'll be a band that, yeah, he'll he'll be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm supposed to play it. ukulele for Hunter's wedding, but I'll have him push it back. <laughs> <laughs> nice, my dude, my dude. <laughs> It's always guys. fun having you on, yeah. Andy. You're such a funny bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really shines here. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we appreciate having you guys on, man. Thanks Thank you very guys. much. Thanks for, thanks for coming out and thanks for hanging out with us and, uh, and answering all our stupid questions and, uh, and you know, helping us learn a little bit more about the band. So, yeah. Thank Look, you guys so much. Thank you so much for having us. Looking for some great things from you guys. So. Okay. See you Thank later. you. Peace out.